God is the only one we can, by faith, rely on to be always faithful. Instead of placing faith in our own resourcefulness, God invites us to trust in His unending resources. Welcome and thank you for joining us today for the Bread of Life. Our desire is to build you up in that faith that will trust God for everything. Now here's our Bible teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. The follower of Jesus Christ understands that they find forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ. That is, they are declared justified by faith. But did you know that Jesus also said in Acts 26 verse 18 that his followers are also made holy by faith? That's right. The faith that saves you also works to bring you into a life of holiness. And to understand how this happens, we first have to go back and get a grip on what it means to have faith to have faith in Jesus Christ. You know, it's concern for a pastor at times that when he's speaking that the people who are listening might think, or someone in the congregation might think that they're being singled out, that they're being preached at. That has actually happened to me on different occasions where people have come to me after the message and asked me if I was actually speaking directly to them. And it's always a little uncomfortable moment. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of you or I wasn't writing the sermon with you. How would I even know that you were here? I didn't know you were going to be here this Sunday. This is only the second time you've been here in the last two months or whatever it is, right? So I wasn't thinking of you. And, but you know, actually, as I think about it, and actually as you process that idea, if the Holy Spirit is governing over the preacher as he preaches, and if the Holy Spirit is working upon those who are listening, the general feeling should be among those present that I was speaking directly to you. Well, actually, when I say that, it's actually not right. You, you shouldn't think that I'm speaking directly to you. As the message is being spoken, if the Spirit is attending to the faithful preaching and teaching of God's Word, that Spirit who gave us this Word, then what should happen is, and what we should desire to happen is, we should feel as if God were singling us out. And he was speaking directly to us. When the Holy Spirit is actually laying holding of us to speak of us, we're probably not thinking that somebody else ought to hear the message. And we're probably also not trying to add up the balance in our checkbook, in our minds. But in that moment, we should feel that, that God had us here for a purpose and God was speaking to us and that this was designed and put together for our hearing. And that's what I hope will be the outcome of what's said here today, this morning. Our topic has been, over a number of days, a topic on holiness. The holiness that is found in God alone as a consuming fire. The holiness that God extends to those who trust and believe in Him by faith, where God imposes or places upon us His own holy fire so that we can be with Him and exist with Him. The holiness that God brings out of our lives through faith as we pursue Him, as we seek to know Him. At the moment that you believe in Jesus Christ savingly, at the moment you put saving faith in Jesus Christ, God does a great work in your life. God takes from that individual their sins, that which is defiled in them, and the unholy baggage that is their old life and their old nature, and God removes it from them, and then God places into them His own holy life, and God, by His Holy Spirit, creates in them a new life, a new nature, so that they're new creations created in holiness, so that they can be declared in that moment holy ones, and that's what faith in Jesus Christ brings to us. That's what it means to be born again or regenerated. It initiates the growth of a new person who begins to look more and more like the Lord Jesus. And what that is called, this growth of the new person looking more and more like the Lord Jesus, that's called sanctification. 
Sanctification is really just the outgrowth of the holy thing that God has made you to be by faith in Jesus Christ. The expression of that holiness. So the turn from being unholy to being holy, the turn from being a sinner to being a saint, a holy one, comes upon the turn of your faith to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. And This morning, the title of the message is Holiness and Faith. And so, just as a first point or of a consideration, let's quickly understand what we mean by the word faith, what faith is. You'll see it in the verses that we read. We read Acts 26, 18, that people are sanctified by faith in me, Jesus said. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, we read that we're to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. Habakkuk 2, 4 says that the just lives by faith. So what's faith? Well, faith is trust. It's trust that places the one having faith upon the object that they have their faith in. So whenever you have faith, you're actually exercising a trust in which you place yourself upon that thing. We've mentioned this in our Sunday school classroom today. You might have an argument about the airworthiness of a certain plane that you see flying through the sky and one person tells you that that plane is not airworthy and you say that it is and you can intellectually make all the arguments to win the... You can actually get quite obstinate about it and angry about it and be quite forceful at the airworthiness of that plane and yet it's not faith. It's just an intellectual survey that you're making because you're not in the plane. You're just making an argument. That's not faith. Faith is the trust that says, I will get into that plane and I'll fly from one point A to point B. That's faith. It's just trust. The other thing I mentioned to our young people, and I've mentioned before here, is that faith is a most common thing in human experience. Every person, by the way, lives by faith. Every person places their trust in all kinds of things every single day. They put faith in the chair that they're sitting on, the car that they're driving, the gas stove that they turn on. There are transactions, almost unending transactions of faith that take place on a constant basis in a person's life. Everyone, everyone lives by faith. Everyone turns their life from moment to moment, from one thing that they're putting some level of trust in to another thing that they're putting some level of trust in. It's how you live your life. In fact, it's impossible to live your life and not live it by faith. And so when a person brags to you that they've discovered the importance of faith and that they know how important faith is in life, they're bragging about something that's not worth bragging about because everybody does it. It's not uncommon. It's actually one of the most common things in human existence to live by faith. And if a person says to you, I wish I had the faith you had, you can say to them, well, listen, you're one of the most faithful persons I know. You live by faith all the time. What do you mean you wish you had faith like me? What they're really saying is, I'm unwilling to believe in the God of all creation. I want to believe in myself instead. I want to put my faith and trust in me, but I don't want to put it in the God who made all things. And Well, that's actually not really... A great thing. He's been living by faith all the time. Well, here's another point about faith. There's good faith and there's bad faith. You can put faith in the right thing and you can put faith in the wrong thing. You go to these equatorial countries where it's really, really hot and they have these plastic chairs. And, you know, most of these equatorial countries, the people are, you know, below five foot six and they're rather thin and they somehow can navigate sitting on those plastic chairs. I put my faith in sitting on that plastic chair. Everybody else is sitting on a chair. And very often the chair that's melted melts underneath me. I was just speaking to Jim Evans, who just got from, back from 
the Philippines. He said he sat down with a bunch of people to teach them and he, they had a green plastic chair for him and he sat upon that chair and it shattered underneath his weight and he went right to the ground, right? Well, that was not good faith. They said, oh, oh, don't sit in the green ones. They, they tend to break if you're too heavy. <laughs> so well, maybe you should have told me that before I got in it, but you can put your faith in the wrong thing. You can put your faith in something that in the past held somebody up, but that doesn't hold you up at this point in time because it wears away in time and it's no longer trustworthy. So what that means is faith's value is not found in faith itself, but in its object. It's what you put your faith into that makes it valuable. It's the thing that you trust in that makes your trust worthwhile. Faith is either warranted or it's unwarranted. It's therefore either good faith or it's placing your faith, it's bad faith because it's placing it in something that's not trustworthy. In other words, the value of faith is found in its object. Right? Now the Christian's faith's value is said to be an eternal value because it's trusting in the eternal promises of Jesus Christ. Let me read you some verses. The Lord Jesus actually encouraged this, that this was the depth and the value of the faith that we have in him. John 6, 47, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, has faith in me, has everlasting life. It's pretty valuable. It's quite an object, too. John eleven twenty six. 26, the Lord Jesus looks right in the eyes of a woman by the name of Martha, and he says to Martha, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? She responded, I do. From that moment on, he goes up and he raises her brother Lazarus from the dead. It's interesting when the Lord Jesus came to individuals and they were wanting him to heal him or touch his life, he didn't ask them questions like, do you have fear of God? Do you know? Do you have zeal and passion for God? Are you a person who's faithful in attending all of the prayer times at the synagogue? He says, do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe in me? That's the question he asked them. Do you have faith? It was their faith that placed themselves upon the object of Christ and this power that Christ responded to. It's a radical thing, by the way. Faith is the most common thing, but saving faith in Jesus Christ is a most uncommon thing. It's a radical faith that trusts Him for your eternity, and as a result, it sets your whole life in this time upon Him. John chapter 1 Verses 11 through 13, we have John explaining this idea of faith in Jesus. It says, He came unto His own, and His own did not receive Him. They turned away from Him. They didn't have faith in Him. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in His name, who were born at that moment, not of blood, and not of the will of the flesh, and not of the will of man, but of God. And right there you have another definition for what faith is, the faith that saves us. It's a receiving faith. It's a trusting in Jesus Christ in such a way that it brings into the individual's life Jesus himself. And from within us and inside of us, he transforms us to make us something we weren't. Born again. New creatures. And as a result, he begins to transform us to prepare us for an eternal life that he's given us. Now, that's how a person is saved. This is how it happens. They lose faith in themselves. They turn to place their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. They reject the long-held notion that they can be their own saviors. And they reject the long-held battle that they can determine what's good for their own life. 
In other words, they see that they're not their own saviors, and they also see that they're not able to be the lords of their own life. Instead, they, by faith, accept and welcome into themselves God to live inside of them and to take over. And the Lord Jesus, by His Spirit, comes, and He comes within us. And in that moment, they meekly take Him to be the one who becomes their Savior, and they take Him to be the one who will now be the Lord of their life. And as they live their Christian life, they continue to live out their life on that basis. They turn from faith in themselves, and they continue to reassert and express faith in God. Jesus living inside of me. Jesus expressing his life within me and Jesus being Lord of my life. Now, that's what faith is and that's how faith is expressed. Let's go to another thing here for a moment and let's consider this and it's this. Saving faith, here's the next point. Saving faith is a tenacious thing. It doesn't let up and it doesn't let the one who has it go. Follow me for a moment first. Saving faith, I said, is a tenacious thing, but the first thing I want to say under this idea is that saving faith is a meek thing. It's something that is not interested or expressing itself. It's not an expression of your power, but it is your yielding up yourself completely to the power of God. It's an act that turns over your life into the life of God, and it does so by giving up all the arguments that you've made for yourself. Thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life. This program is sponsored by the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism and its local church mission in Boise, Bread of Life Fellowship. But you're the ones we look to for our support. For audio of this message, or to learn more about how you can support this program or our international work, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.